living through a, a global pandemic has caused, I don't know about you, but me at least, and I would think all of us to be a little more aware of medical terminology for those who are not uh, in the medical field. I spent a, a bit of time this past week researching the best type of, of mask available. If you can't access an N95, then a KN95 uh, or a K94, the Korean counterpart, is the way to go. Uh, then there's the issue of uh, double masking, but I'll leave that to, to Dr. Fauci. We've heard a lot about variants of, of COVID-19 and uh, a lot about different strains and their infection rates. Uh, we talk about issues like viral load, incubation period, quarantine, and vaccine efficacy. This pandemic has plunged all of us into the medical field probably more than we desire. Yet, we soldier on. We learn. We grow. We adapt. We do our part in becoming educated in how we can participate in the healing of our community and not be a part of the problem, but rather be a part of the healing. Imagine that. Imagine that for a moment. By wearing a mask, by staying socially distanced, by avoiding uh, large gatherings indoors, we, and by getting the vaccine, by the way, we can actually become community healers. Well, today we continue our series at Jesus, following the way of Jesus. And what we're doing in this, these four weeks is we're taking a, a section of this series to take a look at, at the ministry of the church. And in this series, we're exploring those moments when Jesus issued a, either an invitation or a challenge to his disciples. And one of the dynamics that, that you'll notice in being a disciple of Jesus, often Jesus stretches us past our comfort zones. Jesus stretches us even to areas that we have never imagined. He stretches us to engage ministry uh, in ways we haven't thought of before. And one of these ways is the call that He issued to His disciples to heal the sick. In Luke 10, we read that Jesus expanded His ministry beyond the, the original 12 to the 72 others. And he sent them out two by two to go ahead of him in towns and villages throughout the region. And he sent them with specific instructions. He told them how to travel. He told them the type of people that they should stay with. Uh, he even told them uh, how uh, that they should uh, practice good manners and eat and drink what is set before them. And then he told them this. He said, heal the sick who are there, and tell them the kingdom of God is near you. Heal the sick who are there, and tell them the kingdom of God is near you. As followers of Jesus in 2021, we have to hear this challenge, command, if you will, by Jesus, and we need to wrestle with it some. Was this command to heal the sick just for his disciples back then? You know, in biblical days? Or is this a command for us now to heal the sick? How are we to understand the ministry of healing in the church today? How are we to understand it? I know when I say the term ministry of healing and how are we to, to heal the sick, immediately some of you might immediately go to uh, 
maybe people you see on TV or people that you can't trust. Um, yet the call is here by Jesus of His disciples to heal the sick. Now if you want to jot a few notes down today, uh, let me encourage you to do that. And here's what I want us to do. I want us to explore two general questions. Are we still called to heal the sick? And if so, how? Are we still called to heal the sick? And if so, how? And let me just tip my hat now to two friends of mine who are terrific biblical scholars, Travis Collins and Joel Johnson, for their work on this subject. Before I begin, uh, let me go to the Lord in prayer. God, we lift this subject up to you today. We lift our hearts and our minds and all of who we are to you. And we ask you to, Father, just speak to us through your Holy Spirit. Speak to us in your word. Let any distractions just fade away. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, let's talk first of all about the ministry of healing and Jesus. It was a crucial part of the work of Jesus. Throughout this series, we've talked about the kingdom of God, and the kingdom of God knows no boundaries, and it knows no physical limits. It exists where God's rule and way reign supreme. And Jesus as king has full authority in his kingdom. And one of the ways that the authority of Jesus was validated when he walked the earth was through the ministry of healing, and when he would drive evil spirits out of people. That was one of the ways that his authority was validated by God. But it did more than validate his authority. It also gives us a glimpse of what God's kingdom is all about. In the fullness of God's time, God is going to redeem and renew all things. And his kingdom will reign fully and completely. And in God's kingdom, praise God, there is no sickness, no disease, or death. Jesus healing the sick and driving out demons and raising the dead was a foretaste of what heaven will be like. Matthew 4.23 says, Jesus went throughout Galilee teaching in their synagogues, preaching the good news of the kingdom and healing every sickness among the people. Can you imagine with me what that must have been like? At his very touch, blood cells, muscle tissue, ligaments, joints, optic nerves that send messages to the brain. They were transformed. And they were restored to working order at the touch of His hand. And there were even times when He wasn't physically present that He healed people. He spoke the Word and they were healed. Now, I'm not going to go too far down this trail today. But there are some who really struggle with the miracles of Jesus in the way that they defy the laws of nature. And the healing miracles fall in this category. I'd like to refer you to a terrific piece on a website called BioLogos that addresses this objection. In general, the response is that God is the God of nature. That God set forth the laws of nature and the Bible tells us that Jesus is sustaining all of creation. Let me say that again. So God is the God of nature and God set forth the laws of nature. Jesus sustains all of creation, then is it a stretch to believe that the same power that created nature, the same power that sustains nature, can also interrupt those laws of nature at will? British physicist Colin Humphreys offers a musical analogy. Suppose a 
you're watching a pianist or listening to a pianist play a classical piece, and you'll notice there are certain notes that he will play and certain ones that he never plays. The choice of notes is constrained because the music being played is in a particular key signature. But then occasionally, the pianist may break this rule and play an unusual note. Musicians call these accidentals. And a composer can put them in wherever she likes. Although, if there are too many, the music would sound strange. So as Humphrey then puts it, if she is a great composer, the accidentals will never be used capriciously. They will always make better music. It is the accidentals which contribute, which contribute to making the piece of music great. The analogy with how God operates is clear. God created and upholds the universe. But, like the great composer, he is free to override his own rules. However, if he is a consistent God, it must make more sense than less for him to override his rules. I'll place the, the link for the, the article in the chat. I encourage you, BioLogos is a fantastic resource uh, as you consider issues like this. And by the way, BioLogos, one, one of the founders was Francis Collins, the current director of the NIH. So the healing miracles of Jesus serve to validate his authority and to give a glimpse into what the kingdom of God is like. So what about the ministry of healing and the apostles? From the very beginning, Jesus was all about developing these 12, known as the apostles, to carry on his ministry. And to carry on the ministry, he gave them authority and power. This reminds us that Jesus does not call us to work. He does not call us to a task without giving us all that we need to fulfill that task. Matthew 10, 1 and then 7 through 8 says, He called his 12 disciples to him and gave them authority to drive out evil spirits and to heal every disease and sickness. As you go, he said, preach this message. The kingdom of heaven is near. Heal the sick. Raise the dead. Cleanse those who have leprosy. Drive out demons. Freely you have received. Now freely given others. Freely you have received the authority and the power of the kingdom. Now freely use it and give it. By the way, I've said this before. I'll say it again. The church has far more authority and far more power than we exercise. And in faith, we need to exercise more kingdom authority and more kingdom power as we seek to be community agents of transformation. The ministry of healing gave authority to their message about Jesus and created this sense of urgent awareness about the kingdom of God. Urgent awareness about the kingdom of God. The apostles took this same healing authority and power after the day of Pentecost, and it accompanied their preaching of the gospel and of the resurrection. And it accompanied the establishment of the church. There's a great story in Acts chapter 3. Peter and John go to the temple and they encounter, encounter a man who had been crippled since birth. And he was, he was a, a beggar, so they asked him, he asked them for money. And they didn't have any money. But Peter said, hey, I've got something better. I don't have any money. Silver and gold I don't have. But you know what? rise up and walk. And the man did. And what happened next? People came running from all over 
to see what they did. And then what did Peter do? He proclaimed the message of Jesus. God used the ministry of healing through the apostles to validate their message, not about themselves, but about Jesus and His church. So what about the church today? Well, I'm glad you asked, Pastor Brian. What about the ministry of healing in the church? Like so many issues, there are often two opposing positions. The church of Jesus Christ around the world has been divided on this issue of, of is the ministry of healing actually active in the church today in 2021? There are some who believe that the ministry of healing is prevalent in the church today. And if someone has the gift of healing and there's someone who is sick, if you have enough faith and it's the Lord's will, they can be healed. This position is not just held by televangelists and those who abuse the idea of healing. There are churches and denominations all across the political spectrum, left, middle, and right, that affirm the gift of healing. Then there are those who say that the ministry of healing was just for the purpose of validating the ministry of Jesus, the message of the apostles, and the establishment of the church. And that once the church has been established, and once the church is functioning as the hands and feet of Jesus, then healing was no longer necessary. For validation. Indeed, after you read through the Gospels and you read through Acts, you don't really hear much about healing of the sick. James tells us if someone is sick to call the elders in for prayer. Paul tells us in 1 Corinthians 12, 9 that the Holy Spirit gives the gift of healing to some believers, but even then we don't know what type of healing Paul is referencing. One prominent Baptist scholar throughout our history, the late Herschel Hobbes, holds this view as do many others. The two just opposite views, really. That the ministry of healing is still alive and active today, and no, it was just the time of Jesus and the apostles. So what do I think? Yes. Like many issues, my experience leads me away from the extremes. I do believe there was something special and unique about the time of Jesus and the apostles and when the church was established. In my personal experience and my understanding of how I've seen the Spirit at work in the church, I have not concluded that the ministry of healing is as prevalent. And those who disagree might want to take a step back and consider the nature and the very unique, special nature of that time when Jesus walked the earth and the church was established. I also believe that God has chosen to work His healing power through modern medicine and the wonderful gifts of those in the medical profession. Almost daily, I learn of someone that I know has fallen ill or who has been injured in some way. I pray for them. And I also hope they call the doctor and seek medical care. However, while I do not believe the ministry of healing by modern-day disciples is prevalent, I do believe it is possible. Let me say that again. While I don't believe it is necessarily prevalent, like it was in the early church. I do believe it is possible. I believe that there have been people who have been used by God to heal others. The Bible just does not eliminate the gift of healing as one of the ways that God chooses to heal people today. It just does not. It never says gift of healing ceased. We know that God chooses to heal through modern medicine and science. Most believing doctors would tell you the same. But God in His infinite power 
and His compassionate mercy may choose to work through His people just like He did through Peter and John. Fuller Theological Seminary conducted a survey from 1991 to 2007 of 750 Muslims who converted to Christianity through faith in Jesus. The survey listed nine reasons that former Muslims came to faith in Christ. Number three on the list in priority order was that someone prayed for them, someone experienced healing when a Christian prayed for them. Closer to home, I think I've shared with you before that our daughter Margo was born with four holes in her heart. She had a ventricular septal defect. The pediatric cardiologist said that she would have to have surgery when she was one years old. We prayed for healing, and around eight weeks later, the holes completely closed. And her doctor, her cardiologist, was amazed. God worked a miracle of healing as His people prayed. I believe that many of us know people who have been healed against all odds. So for those who struggle to believe that God heals in unusual ways today, they need to step back and celebrate how God still works in supernatural ways. And so again, while the ministry of healing by people like Peter and John may not be as prevalent, clearly I believe our experience in Scripture shows it is still possible. So what does this mean for us today? How do we live in light of the reality that God may still be using, me and you, that God may still be using His church in 2021 as instruments of His healing power? Well, let me share with you three P's. Perspective. We must always keep the ministry of healing in perspective. Jesus said to heal the sick and proclaim the kingdom of God. Peter and John healed the beggar and then proclaimed the gospel. God is concerned with our physical health, to be sure. But primary to the heart of God is our spiritual health. Primary to the heart of God is our participation and our involvement in His kingdom. He has created us for all eternity. And He wants us with Him for all eternity, not just the earthly part. And God offers spiritual healing to all who come to Him through Jesus. God provides physical healing for some. But we don't need to be reminded in the middle of a global pandemic that death and disease are realities. And that eventually, though we are healed, we will also come to physical death one day. We can't avoid it unless the Lord returns. But we don't have to succumb to spiritual death. Dr. David Stewart, a physician, wrote about his battle with cancer a few years back. It proved to be a faith-deepening experience for him. Let me read what he wrote. He said, I can say that God meets every need and there is no need for him to answer every question. As for being healed, I've been healed. Even if I am to die of this cancer, I know I have been healed in the most profound sense of that term. He goes on, what happens now is up to God. In the meantime, life has never been so precious. In the past 18 months, we've seen brighter lights, heard more exuberant music, felt more love, human and divine. I've never laughed harder or cried more often, despite times of genuine agony that no medicine could touch, the months have been wonderful. 
six months after he wrote this article, the body of David Stewart died. But he died a healed man. He died a whole person. He knew the spiritual healing and salvation of Jesus. So we always keep healing in perspective. That top of the mind of God, top of the heart of God, is our spiritual healing. Second is prayer. We should take seriously the role of prayer in healing. I'm a bit concerned that we often pray for someone to be healed without fully believing in the power of healing prayer. Pray boldly that if it's God's will for a person to be physically healed, that God would heal them by whatever means God so chooses. And then third, personal involvement. Personal involvement. Take seriously the role of healing in the church today and ask God what you can do in addition to prayer to to bring healing to others. Maybe you don't have the gift of healing but you can still bring healing to others. Would God touch your heart to help fund research for a cure to cancer, HIV, or other diseases? If we believe that God works powerfully through medical professionals and medicine, what should our role be in making sure the poor all around the world, including in our country, have access to health care and medicine? I mean, shouldn't we as Christians think about this for a moment? Let this mess with you don't just set it aside but shouldn't we as christians here in the u.s lobby our political representatives to make sure the u.s either funds or sends covid 19 vaccines to underdeveloped nations that can't afford it i mean if god's people who are called to heal the sick don't champion our nation sacrificing and helping other countries deal with this pandemic, then who will? That's a way to participate in healing. And this is not a political statement, so don't get worked up. But one of the consequences of climate change is greater disease like malaria, malnutrition, dengue, and the list goes on and on and on. Should we consider what it means to heal those in undeveloped countries as one of the reasons we need to do our part to heal the planet? Let me say that again. All the political noise around climate change, but if climate change is creating more disease around the world, shouldn't our heart as Christians be, how can we help heal people in underdeveloped countries if that means helping to heal the planet? Or a little more kitchen table, if you will. Most of us have known senior senior citizens who have had to set the thermostats at 64 in the winter so their electric bill is as low as possible because they can't afford their co-pays. I have known folks personally who have had to choose between a nutritious meal and their medications. Should we as a church start a fund to help people with their medications? Should we lobby big pharma companies to make more medications available for free? You may not be able to lay hands on someone and heal them, but lo and behold, you might be able to lobby Congress, call a pharmacy, or donate to a cause and be a part of their healing. 
So we keep it in perspective. We pray. And we do our part. We do what we can to help others find healing. Why? Because Jesus told us it's crystal clear. If we're going to be the church at work in the world today, we will heal the sick. He told us to. Well, we talked this morning about what it means to experience healing. And we talked about what's, what's primary in the heart of God is our spiritual healing. And that often Jesus and the apostles would heal people physically so that then they would be open to being healed spiritually. You know, one of the most poignant reminders of healing is as we celebrate communion and as we celebrate the Lord's Supper. I hope you have uh, something available that you can get, uh, something to drink and a, and a piece of bread or a cracker. And when you think about the, the nature of what communion means and that whole experience of, of Jesus taking the bread and, and actually breaking it, and that representing His body that was given, His body that suffered, His body that sacrificed. And then when He takes the cup and He, he drinks it, and this cup represents His blood which is shed. And then we realize that on the cross He took all of our sins, our sickness, our disease, our death, our infirmities. He took that upon them, Him. And He healed them once and for all. He healed them. Yes, we may experience disease. We will experience these things here on earth. But we won't forever. And we won't for eternity. Because He went to the cross. Because He gave His body. He gave His blood. So that we can be healed for all eternity. I want to invite you this morning. I want to invite you to remember. And I want you to invite you to celebrate your spiritual healing. And as you do, offer prayers to God for your physical healing and the physical healing of others by taking the bread and by taking the cup. On that night, Jesus was with His disciples. He, he gathered with them in the upper room and, and they shared the Passover feast. And Jesus took the bread and He broke it. He gave thanks. And then He shared it with His disciples. Will you pray with me? Lord God, we are so thankful for Your body given for us. Lord, we um, can't fully imagine what it must have been like for your body to suffer, to be beaten, to be nailed, to be whipped, to be tortured. And you did this for our healing, for our salvation. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. He took the bread and he invited them to eat. And he said, when you eat this bread, 
remember me. I invite you to eat. In the same way, he took the cup and he shared this cup with his disciples. And he said, this is, this is my blood. It's the new covenant. And this is shed for the forgiveness of the sins of the many. When you drink this, remember me. I invite you to drink. Again, Jesus, we're so grateful for your life, for your death, for your resurrection. We're grateful for the hope of our healing that you give us in you. And so God, as your church at work in the world today, you've called us to be merciful, compassionate people. You've called us, God, to be about the ministry of healing. Lord, we, there are many different ways that you express your healing power through your people. And so, Lord, we want to be open to you. We want to be open to your Holy Spirit. Lord, show us, walk with us, call us according to your grace and your mercy, according to your infinite will, to do our part in the ministry of healing in the world today. And God, just like Peter and John, we will not point the finger at us, but we will point it to you. And we will give you all praise and all glory and all honor because you are our God and Jesus is our great physician. In his name we pray and in his name we ask. And it is in his name that we pray for healing in our world today. Amen. This concludes our service. I'm really glad that you joined us, and I hope to see you again next week. God bless. Bye-bye.